Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. If you would, I'd like to, you to grab your Bible tonight, if you would. Go to Psalm 67. And I, I've been in a conversation with the Lord, so I'm, I'm asking Him about modifying this word or where we go full throttle or we throttle down or we throttle up or you know how that is. But I'm asking him tonight to flow in his winds. I asked you a question a year ago. For those of you that were here a year ago, I introduced a question into this family in March of 2020. (laughs) And that question was this, what time is it in the world? If you're taking some notes tonight, I want to start right there. What time is it in the world? Uh, This was the question I introduced to us March of 2020. What time is it in the world? Now, you could have a picture come to your mind where you think, you know, New York, London, Buenos Aires. You 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 walk into a business, you see all the clocks on the wall. But that's not actually what I'm talking about. And I think you, you already know that and understand that. And you're already tracking and starting to run with me. I ask you, what time is it in the world? I've said it many times. We are racing to an epic crescendo of time. God stands outside of time. He's in eternity. But yet he's the creator. He's the author of time and through the prophets he said that he actually God actually finishes a thing when he works on something he actually finishes a thing and yet he goes back to the beginning of a thing and he walks it through time we call it history or his story and he walks it through time to completion and while he's walking it through time he's actually watching over every word that he has spoken forth out of his mouth making sure that every word that he's directed and spoken does not return unto him void but but actually manifest and reveals all that he sends his word forth to do what an awesome god we have What an awesome God we have. He's a mighty God. Tonight, we remember the Lord is the shepherd, the great shepherd of the nations. He's the shepherd of the nations. He's the judge of the nations. He's the ruler of the nations. He has all authority and power. Is your mind renewed to that? He has all authority and power. That's where we have to start. Jesus says, all authority and power has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Amen? Are you with me tonight? So we're going to start in Psalm 67, and we're going to develop this tonight and see how the winds of the Spirit of God blow. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is spirit and it is life, and it is revelatory. And Lord, as we break open and begin to feast in your word, Lord, use me as your messenger, direct my steps, direct the word, move us in the winds tonight and Holy Spirit supersede and go beyond what I'm 
even able to articulate in the natural realm and move us in the prophetic tonight as a family in Jesus name. Psalm 61, you can say amen. Psalm Psalm 67, excuse me. And I feel like I'm a little too loud, Sky, so just make sure I'm not killing everybody tonight because I have a tendency to go loud. <laughs> I I have that tendency. So I'm out of the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. It says, God, keep us near to your mercy fountain and bless us. Isn't that beautiful? That's a great place to start. Keep us near your mercy fountain and bless us. And when you look down on us, may your face beam with joy. (laughs) I can just imagine the face of the Lord watching us in worship tonight, just beaming with joy. Isn't that awesome to think about? Just beaming, beaming with joy, smiling over us. Send us out all over the world so that everyone everywhere will discover your ways and know who you are and see your power to save. Let all the nations burst forth with praise. Let everyone everywhere love and enjoy you. That's that's powerful. Not only let them love you, but let them enjoy you. How many of you want to enjoy God? Yeah, me too. Let them love you and let them enjoy you. Thank you, Lord. Then how glad the nations will be when you are their king. They will sing, they will shout, for you give true justice to the people. How many of you know that the earth is crying out right now for true justice? How many of you know this nation is actually crying out right now for true justice to manifest? It says, they'll sing, they'll shout, because you give true justice to the people. Yes, you, Lord, are the shepherd of the nations. Maybe you need to underline that, underscore that in your Bible. You're the shepherd of the nations. And no wonder the people praise you. Let all the people praise you more. The harvest of the earth is here. The harvest of the earth is here. Say that with me tonight. The harvest of the earth is here. Is here. Say it with faith tonight. The harvest of the earth is here. Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Let the Holy Spirit brand you with this word tonight. The harvest of the earth is near. And God, the very God we worship, He keeps us satisfied at His banquet of blessings. And blessings keep coming. All the ends of the earth will give Him the honor He deserves and will be in awe of Him. Woo, come on. Come on, go ahead and shout. The Apostle Matthew, (laughs) I like that hallelujah, David, I heard you. Michael, that was Michael. It was like a lion out there. The Apostle Matthew, he writes in chapter 12, verse 21 concerning Jesus. He says that Jesus is the hope of the nations. Get this tonight. Jesus is the hope of the nations. Matthew 12, 21, he says, In his name the nations shall put their hope. Did you hear that? In his name the nations will place their hope. I want you to look at two more verses right out of Psalm 67 again. Verse 4 through 6. Then how glad the nations will be when you're their king. And they will sing and they will shout, for you give true justice to the people, for you are the shepherd of the nations. No wonder 
The people praise you. Let all the people praise you more. The harvest of the earth is here. Wow. I want to say this tonight with faith and with boldness, and I want to declare this over you. Because there is no doubt that the attack, the strategy of the enemy that is being waged in this hour is being pointed directly to the church. Do we understand that? Do we understand that? Are we awakened to that? Are we alive to that? We need to understand in this hour there is a strategy. There's many strategies right now that is coming against the church because the church is the restrainer in the earth against evil. Are you hearing me? The church is the restrainer against evil right now in the earth. I mean, imagine the obstacle really that we are to all of those who have evil intention and they they want to steamroll everything in their opposition. Just imagine how frustrated they are with the restrainer. They haven't been happy even, they haven't been very happy at all in the last four years of Christians showing up everywhere in Washington, D.C., praying, interceding, fasting, prophesying, Releasing the word of the Lord over this nation. Holding up the hands of President Trump. Blessing this country. Blessing the former administration. Are you hearing me? They weren't happy about it whatsoever. And now we have to understand there is an enormous backlash that is coming our way. But guess what? God is getting us ready for the fight of victory. The fight of the fight that is what? the fight that is going to manifest the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ that truly the gates of hell are not even going to be able to prevail against Jesus is building this ecclesia in this hour there will be a church in the earth the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against And I want to say boldly tonight, and I've said it to you many times, the greatest era of church history is not behind us. The greatest era of church history on planet Earth is just ahead of us, and we're stepping into it right now. I'm going to go off the cuff for a minute here. And I have to say this again because I said it Tuesday night when we were at prayer. But I'll tell you what, I see the zeal of the Lord coming on the church in the earth. I see a powerful, radical, holy, holy fear of the Lord's zeal coming on the house of God in this hour. When Jesus was overtaken with the zeal of the Lord... I said this Tuesday night, those of you that were there, you'll remember. I I don't think that Jesus, you know, it was just predetermined and they had a staff meeting. You know, the meeting before the meeting. And he pulled him aside and said, now, fellas, when we go in there, I'm just going to let you in on something. I'm going to absolutely do something so radical. I'm going to start overturning every table that's in there. They've turned that house into a den of thieves. And I'm about to let loose. I mean, and if he did that, I mean, you could see that there... 
There must have been some of the disciples. Of course, this didn't happen. But, but if it did, you know, there must have been some disciples that were like, ha-ha, the day has finally arrived. We've been waiting for this. You know, Peter was licking his chops, you know, and wringing his hands like, yes, yes. Well, that's not what happened. Jesus didn't do anything premeditative. He didn't pull them aside and said, now, fellas, I want you to stand over here. And when I, when I let this rip, I want you standing here. And Thomas, I want you here. And Matthew, I want you here. And, and Doug, I want you here. Be in security and make sure nothing really goes totally crazy on me. That's, well, that's not what happened. They went into that temple and the zeal, the love and the zeal for Father's house so overcame Jesus. And he went through there like a holy hurricane, like a tornado. And he started overturning the tables. And he made a pronouncement. He said, you have made this house a den of thieves. But my father's house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations. Man, they didn't know what to do with Jesus. It was radical. Imagine, I've been on the Temple Mount in Israel. Imagine the temple. Some of you have been with me there. And imagine the glory of that temple and Jesus ripping through that outer core and overturning everything. Now, do you think that that made the disciples just a touch uncomfortable? They didn't know. They didn't know Jesus was going to tear into them. They didn't know what was about to happen. I'm telling you, folks, I believe in this hour we're about to see extraordinary interventions of the power of God, the zeal of the Lord for His body, for His people, for His church, and for the nations because it all belongs to Him. We're going to see the Lord overturn the tables big time, and it's going to release such fear and terror of the Lord in this nation. And I'll tell you what, I think it's going to shock even His covenant sons and daughters. Nothing's going to shock those sons and daughters that are asleep at the wheel, too. All of you smile at me. Matthew 13, would you go there tonight? I'm in the New King James Version. Matthew 13. Now, we've already untied the boat from the dock, and we're out on the water, but we're moving. We're taking territory tonight. No one would have ever guessed... (coughs) What was actually going to be released on the world a year ago right now? A year ago right now. No one would have ever guessed what we have been facing this entire year. No one could ever even conceive that children would be out of American schools an entire year. Businesses closed down. I don't have to go through the whole terrain. You know the landscape well. No one could have ever thought, wow. But it's not random. You understand? This is not random. This is what you called planned chaos. Are you with me tonight? This is not random. This is planned chaos. Let me give you another word. It's a trap that has been set. It is a trap that was actually concealed long ago by wicked and evil men that came into alignment and was seduced by evil spirits and taken in by them. 
They've released a trap into the earth. They've released a scandal into the earth. But it's working right into the contextualization of everything Jesus said that in the end times there would come a scenario and the gate would get narrower and narrower and narrower and narrower and it's like birth pains. One after another and the intensity of those birth pains, ladies, no one knows better than you, would come. And narrow would be that way. There would be such intensity Jesus talked about this, about famines and earthquakes and pestilence and all of these things happening. Paul talks about it in Romans 8 that literally the earth would be groaning, desiring to be delivered from the amount of corruption that's happening in the earth. Think of that. That's all in Romans 8. That literally, not just creation, not just human creation... But there's a longing inside of the earth, its own creation, longing to be delivered from its own corruption. What a picture that is. I mean, think about that. Think about what it was like when God walked the earth. Think about about what it was like for Jesus to walk through those olive gardens along those trees. God. God walking on the earth. Think of, I mean, when Jesus said, if you don't praise me, even these rocks will cry out. The earth wanted to cry out. Imagine those leaves just, just longing to touch and brush up against Jesus' robe, the author of life, the creator of life. There's a cry in the earth. Everything that's living and breathing that God created is longing to come into restoration. It's longing to come into redemption. The earth is crying out. The nations are crying out. The people are crying out. And there's only one king. There's only one judge. And there's only one shepherd of the nations. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew 13, 24. Another parable he put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven. It's like a man who sowed good seed in his field. While he slept, an enemy came. He sowed tares among the wheat, and he went his way. But when the grain had sprouted up and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner, they came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How is it then that we have tares? He said to them, An enemy has done this. I mean, they're perplexed. You can can feel this in the text right here. How in the world has this happened? The direct answer, the direct answer, an enemy has come. An enemy has come. And the servants said, well, do you want us to go and gather them up? I'm in verse 29. But he said, no, no, no. Lest while you gather the tares, you will also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First, gather together the tares and bind them into bundles to burn them to gather and gather the wheat into my barn. Now jump to verse 36, if you will. Then Jesus, he sent the multitude away and he went into the house 
And the disciples came to him, notice, privately, and they're saying, explain this parable of the tares of the field. I love this. And, and you know what? I love throughout the Gospels that we see the disciples kept coming and they were, they were prodding and saying, now help us understand this. I mean, because a lot of times we're sitting and listening, we're just going, uh-huh, 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 like we know it, like we know it, like we know it. But they were moving in intimately. Jesus, please explain this to us. What, what does this mean? And I'm glad that they did. So here you go. You ready? He answered unto them and he said, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. And the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. But the terrors, whoa, this is strong words right here. Ready? But the terrors are the sons of the wicked one. Ooh, ooh, that's strong language. Does that bother anybody? The terrors are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. Notice Jesus is not mincing words here. He's very clear. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and they're burned into the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels and He will gather out of His kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness. Whoa! And will cast them into a furnace of fire where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Don't you let anyone ever tell you there's not a real hell. That was pretty weak. I said, don't you let anyone ever tell you there's not a real eternal hell. And then the righteous will shine forth in the son of the kingdom of their father. He who has an ear, let him hear. Can we read on? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field. Which a man found and he hid and for joy over. He goes and sells all that he has and he buys that field. Now notice that. Jump back to verse 38. The field is the world. You see those first five words? The field is the world. Now look at verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it. He goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Are you catching this? The field is the what? Is the world. It's, it's the picture of a man who actually goes and buys the entire world because he sees the treasure in it. Remember, Jesus said, I can't tell you anything unless I, I hear my dad saying it. I can't, I can't do anything unless I see my dad doing it. This is what my father is doing it. My father, my father desired to actually purchase the entire world because he saw its worth and value in it. He saw his treasures in the earth and said, I will give all that I have to give in the consummation of my son, who is the centerpiece of my heart and all of heaven. He's like a man. And for joy over it, for joy, he sells all that he has. Now remember that. Jesus was all that the Father had to give. Everything. Everything is in the consummation of Jesus. Everything. Jesus said, if you've seen me, oh, you've seen my dad. If you've seen me. 
you've seen my father. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a, a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. For when, when he found one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it. Are, are, you, are you getting this? Are you getting how valuable, how valuable you and I are to our father? cost our father everything to give us Jesus. Let's keep reading. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, it was drawn to shore. And they sat down, they gathered the good into the vessel and threw away threw the bad away. And so it will be. Here it is. Jesus is not mincing words. So it will be. So it will be. At the end of the age, the angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into a furnace of fire, where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to them, have you understood these things? And they said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's read one more verse. And then he said to them, Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out his treasure and things new and old. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What time is it in the world? What time is it in the world? Seventy-three years ago, there was a nation that was not a nation. Seventy-three years ago. Seventy-three years ago was 1948. A nation had been eliminated off the face of the planet. That nation is called Israel. Israel. Not Palestine. Israel. They were wiped out, decimated, destroyed, sent to the four corners of the earth for over 2,000 years. Israel did not exist. But something miraculous happened that has never happened in human history. A nation that had been totally decimated, destroyed. All of the sudden, there was a manifestation on planet earth where a nation was suddenly born again it's never happened in human history it's never happened in human history israel may 14th 1948 became a nation again when i was the first time that i was in israel was 2017 and i went to independence hall it was there I learned something very interesting. While she was speaking and coaching us and our team there, our guide, she said there were 66 signers to the Declaration of Independence over Israel. I thought that was very interesting. And I wanted to just yell out, but I didn't. But it was screaming inside of me. Because Isaiah 66, verse 8 says, let me just read it to you. Put it on the screen, guys. Isaiah 66, 8. I don't want to miss a word of this. Who has ever heard of such a thing? Is it behind me? 
Great. It's behind me. It's coming. There it is. Who has heard of such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, and that means in travail, she gave birth to her children. Powerful. And Isaiah said there was coming a day. Zion would give birth, would come into travail, and a nation would literally be born in a day. It's a miracle. It's a sign. It's a wonder. But what does it mean for us right now where we are at? What does it mean about the prophetic time clock, about where we are at? Are we just in a birth pain right now? Are Or are we in the press for the ultimate finale of time? A a generation, according to Scripture, is 80 years. 73 years ago, Israel was born. 73. 80 minus 73 is 7. Where are we in time? Now, we're not going to go down... All the paths of eschatology tonight. And aren't you glad? Because we'd be here till 5 in the morning. Wrestling each other. (laughs) Here's what I have to say to you tonight. We are in an epic unfolding, ladies and gentlemen. We have never seen a day like today on planet Earth. We are in an epic unfolding of the last hours of the last days. Now, I've already said to you, look this way. The greatest, the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we have ever seen is just ahead of us. The shepherd of the nations is about to thrust in his sickle and release his angels all over the world and work with the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And the greatest harvest of souls is about to come in. And you are alive right now. Think of that. Uh, that's, my wife and I talk about this all the time. God chose us to be on planet Earth in this time. Think about it. I mean, most of you, I mean, you didn't know me. I didn't know you. Our lives converge. I'm looking at you, Mark and Kathy. You didn't know Brian. You didn't know Bren, Victoria, Josiah. We didn't know the Gatalouskis. We didn't know you, but our worlds collided. God had a vision. God had a plan. Our worlds just collided. We fell in love with each other. We found fire with one another. God melted our hearts together like all of us. And look what God is doing. We're on planet Earth at this hour to enter in. Folks, the turbulence is going to be intense. But the glory is going to so supersede everything that we're going to have to endure. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul, he said, this glory, it can't even be compared with the suffering that we're going to have to endure. 
Are you with me tonight? We are racing towards the end. Y'all understand that? We're really racing towards the end. And the end has a glory that's beyond anything we can even conceptually imagine. It's the return of King Jesus to the earth. Folks, folks, I just read to you, the earth had never, have you ever seen such a thing? Have you even heard of such a thing? Zion travails and boom, a nation is born in a day. I'm talking about something that even supersedes that. The creator of all the universe. The son of God. The son of David. The son of Abraham. The son of man is coming. Coming again. I'll tell you what. That's what keeps my spiritual equilibrium afloat. When I see the filth of this world. And what they are trying to loose on this generation and this generation to come. I'm telling you what, when I stand before God and I set myself before Him. And when I hear Him, I'm coming, son. I'm coming. Stand before me. I am coming. Oh yeah, that'll set your spiritual equilibrium. That was pretty good. That's not even in my notes. That was pretty good. My second night preaching, I'm trying to do a good job. You look at the spiritual terrain. <laughs> this is what you see. You see a global alliance that's coming into convergence right now. You see actually a global economic reset right at the doors. The Pope, the Pope once again met with all of the Shiite Muslim clerics from Iran again today. Why, why did he meet with them? What was his message? I wrote down his message. <laughs> I got him on record. It's coexistence, cohabitation, and co-worship. Folks, where is all this going? Where is all this going? Who is he? Yes. For sure, a one world order. For sure. All of these things, all of the religious co cohabitation, all of the financial reset, all the global restructuring. And listen, let, let me knock on your door a little bit. Can I, can I do that? Are you guys with me back there? Are we good? Are we online? Everything's rolling? Can I just knock on your door? While we are being waterboarded right now with cancel culture and we're all talking about stupid stuff like Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss, let me tell you, that's another strategy so that you are drowning in a world of garbage while the real sinister plots are going on behind closed doors. Because, baby, if I could get you looking right over here, right over here, look over there, look over, you're not going to do it. You're not going to, okay, I'll try somebody else. If I get you looking over here, come on, I get you looking over here. If you look over here, you're not going to see what I'm doing over here. We'll get everybody talking about silly, pitiful, that was good of you too, come on, like a rock. We'll get you looking over here. We'll get you looking. But behind closed doors, the greatest sinister plots. 
legislations being codified. The, the, the stuff that you can't even dream up this level of evil is being hatched against us. It was planned. It, this is a planned chaos. You understand that? You think this is random? Not on your life, baby. This ain't random. This is taking us somewhere. We are leading up to a time the Bible calls the tribulation. We are leading up to a time. A time in your Bible, my Bible. It's called the tribulation. There will be someone revealed. The Bible says that he will be the dragon himself. He's called the the man of lawlessness. He's called the beast. He's called the man of sin. The Bible calls him Antichrist. I'm not talking about the spirit of Antichrist. Guys, we, we, all of you have lived, I'm looking at this crowd, you've all lived long enough to understand and discern. You've seen the spirit of Antichrist in the earth. I'm not talking about just the spirit of Antichrist. I'm talking about the embodiment, the embodiment of the enemy inside of a man that the scripture calls Antichrist. Coming to seek to destroy and deceive nations. But here's his end game. His end game is to destroy Israel. And ultimately, his end game is to destroy Jerusalem. Now, why? Why? 73 years ago, Jerusalem wasn't operating, right? Wasn't operating. The Jewish people now. Coming back, a nation is born in birth. I want you to see what Jeremiah the prophet, Jeremiah the prophet wrote in chapter 3, verse 17. Is it behind me? It says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the throne of the Lord, and all the nations will gather in Jerusalem to honor the name of the Lord. No longer will they follow the stubbornness of their evil hearts. No other city has been called the very throne of the Lord. How many of you remember that it was Lucifer who wanted to be worshipped from the very beginning? He said, I will make myself like the most high God. I will exalt myself. I will be worshipped like him. We're racing back now to Israel. And this needs to be heard in our American churches. You know why? Because we're looking through the lens of America. Right now, it's like the church is mostly just looking through the paradigm and the glasses of America. Well, you could have done that maybe up until 73 years ago. But now something else is cooking and something else is brewing in, in the works. Are you still tracking with me tonight? Are you? Are you still with me? But what happens here is the enemy comes. I want you to look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The enemy's going to do all that he can do to take the nations because he's hungry for a harvest as well. I think some of you just heard me in here. I said he's hungry for a harvest as well. That's why he's, he comes in the night sowing his terrors. Are you with me? The sons of the devil. That's right. 
But what's going to await the enemy is actually eternal judgment and damnation. And it's going to come from Jesus Christ himself. Because he's the one who has fire in his eyes and a sword that comes out of his mouth. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 5. Do 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 you not remember that when I was with you, this is Paul, right? Paul's writing this letter. Do you not remember when I was with you, when I was still with you, I told you these things. I told you this, and now you know what is restraining That he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Keep that in context. Let's read verse 7 again. Watch. The restrainer is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Whoa. Are you reading your Bible? That's the appearing of Jesus. Wow. The Lord will consume him with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother twist on, Lord, we want your fire. <laughs> We want fire tonight, Lord, fire. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan. With all power, signs, lying, wonders, and with all righteous, unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the, the love of the truth that they might be saved. Wow, that's strong. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie And they shall all be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Are you seeing that there? Are you seeing that? Because they rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ, would not surrender, humble themselves. There will come a time when the restrainer is moved out of the way. The restrainer who is holding back evil will then be removed and taken out of the way. The lawless one will be manifested. He will come forth. And what will happen? The result is there's a strong delusion that hits the world. And it says that they'll actually believe a lie and they'll become damned. Why? Because they didn't believe the truth and they had had pleasure and unrighteousness. Folks, that's scary. I'm asking you tonight, what time is it in the world? What time is it in the world? We're racing to an epic crescendo. And again, it's God's story. It's creation to completion of entering into a new age upon the earth. Revelation 21, put it in your notes. Revelation 21, verses 1 through 4, it says there's going to be a new heavens. There's going to be a new earth. There's going to be a new Jerusalem coming down as a bride who has adorned itself for its husband. And at that time, it says that Jesus will wipe away every tear. He'll wipe away all tears. There will be no more death. There will be no more pain. See, what we're reading is actually beyond our wildest imaginations. This is beyond our wildest imaginations. God's going to make all things new. See, you got to dig into these scriptures because 
where we're pressing into in this last quarter, okay? The difficulty, the adversity, the pain, the frustration. Listen, that right now, we're only at this point where Christians are wanting to fight Christians in a civil war because of this election. People are just wanting to let it go. Let it go. You know what? It would be great to let it go if it was a fair election. If it was the truth, we could go, you know what? They won fair and square. Right? But heaven knows otherwise. And so do we. Revelation 13, I'd like you to go there. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Revelation 13. So I'm never going to apologize for preaching the Bible here at Victory. This week, my, our family pastor, I know my mom and dad are watching right now and friends around the country. But our pastor, who became our family pastor until this week... He stepped, he was on the front row at the minister's conference in Lexington, Kentucky. He stepped off the front row and he stepped right into glory before the face of Jesus. Awesome, awesome man of God. Became our pastor in 1980. And we'll be celebrating his celebration of life this week. I went back and I watched his last message on planet Earth. He was my pastor when I was just a boy. He trusted me so much. I was, I was a drummer. My dad was a rock and roll drummer. Many of you know our story. We came out of the nightclubs, and God just radically saved our family. But I was a drummer, and my, my dad was telling Pastor Callahan what a great drummer I was. We were a large church. We were about 1,400, 1,500 people in 1980. But Pastor Callahan heard this little Gibbs boy play the drums, <laughs> and he's like, wow, he's got it. And so he trusted me and put me with the, the adult worship teams, and I grew up in that church. I grew up in a powerhouse church. So thankful, so thankful. Where I could feel the tangible presence of God, where I could feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit, where I could worship freely. Love Pastor Callahan. But I went back and I heard his last message on planet Earth. He was preaching out of Matthew 25 about the foolish virgins and the wise virgins and about receiving fresh oil for this hour and this hour of turbulence that we're moving into and that we must be ready and engaged for this time because our king, our bridegroom is coming. I'm glad he kept preaching the word all the way through. I get a little leery when I don't hear people preaching the word. Um, hey, I, listen, and let me, let me explain what I mean. I'm thankful for dreams and visions. That's Bible. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters, they'll prophesy, right? 
You'll see visions. You'll see. And I love all that. You'll see you need to be having dreams and visions, right? You need to be prophesying. You need to be filled with the spirit and speaking in tongues. Amen. We need all of that. But guess what? You need eternally. You need the word. It's, it's everything. It's your foundation. It's, it's everything. So here we go. Revelation 13. I'm taking my time tonight. I better hurry up. We've got to race to midnight. And then I stood. Then I stood, not me, but the Apostle John. I stood on the sand of the sea. I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. Wow. Having seven heads and ten horns. And on his horns, ten crowns. And on his heads, a blasphemous name. And now the beast, which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear. His mouth was like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast? Who was able to make war against him? And he was given a mouth to speak great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue 42 months. Now do the math. That's three and a half years, right? 42 months is how long? 42 months is how long? Thank you. Three and a half years. And then he opened his mouth in blasphemies against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. You know, we're getting a little taste of that right now. I mean, we're just getting a little ankle deep taste of that right now. And it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation, and all who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose name has not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, but spoke like a dragon. What a paradox. Isn't that wild? What a paradox. He looked like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. He exercised all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth, watch these words, watch these words, and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs so that even he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Whoa. And he deceives those who dwell on the earth. By those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast. Telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image of the beast. Who was wounded by the sword but lived. Verse 15. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak 
and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Boy, that's something we, we're going to dive into another night. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, slave and free, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. His number is 666. What did we just read here? Did we read something that's actually going to manifest? Did we read something that has already manifested? I don't believe so. I believe what we're going to see through these scriptures is a soon coming revelation on planet earth. You see an antichrist, you see a false prophet, you see a global alliance of political, governmental, religious, financial governance. It's everything you just read. I'm just putting it into our language. Again, political, governmental, religious, financial governance to control the nations. Let me ask you, why would you work so hard to do this? Why would you be so driven and compelled with such deception to do this that you have to put a mark on everyone? you got to control. You've got to bring mass manipulation. You've got to control the nations. Here's the answer. The devil wants his own harvest. Are you listening? The devil wants his own harvest. He has an appetite for destruction. We know John 10, 10. He only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I started this message in Psalm 67 three hours ago. And your butt's feeling it. I know. We started forever ago. And what did it say? Jesus is the shepherd of the nations. But there is someone else who has an appetite for the nations. There's someone else who is looking for his own harvest as we're racing towards the end of the age. I'm going to remind you, my friends, the devil knows his time is short. He knows his time is short. We are racing to the greatest epic crescendo because he's ultimately going to be dealt with. Kind of always wanted to do that. The devil's going to pay. The devil's going to pay. Say it with me. The devil's going to pay. I'm going to read you a scripture out of Revelation 20 if you want to go a few more chapters. It says, The devil and he who deceived them, he who deceived them, he was cast into the lake of fire. I'm in 20 verse 10. He was cast into the lake of fire. Now remember, we, we were reading out of Matthew 13 at the beginning of this message. Remember that? Jesus said, there's coming 
an end of the age. There's coming an ultimate harvest, and I'm going to send out my angels, and they're going to, they're going to reap. And they're going to gather up those lawless ones, and they're going to be thrown into a burning furnace. Are you tracking with me? Notice where the devil goes. He's cast into the lake of fire with brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. That's right. Hallelujah. When the enemy is messing with you and your family, when he is disturbing you, you stand up fully in the armor of God. You submit yourself to God, you resist the devil, and he will flee from you, and you remind him you're going to burn forever in the lake of fire. Hallelujah. And I'm coming to the close. Matthew 24. I'm going to read you just a few verses. Jesus is talking about signs, and they are the beginning of birth pains. I think we're in a big birth pain right now. Thank you, Stephen. Just give me another couple minutes before you start playing, though. Matthew 24, verse 4. Are you there? Do not let anyone mislead you. Do not let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming... I am the Messiah, and they'll deceive many. You will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. You know, I don't know know how well read you are. I don't know how deep you really go. I don't know if you're watching right now that Israel is on the brink of mega war with Iran. I don't know if you're watching. Iran has declared their active cells that are in Washington, D.C. right now. Now, connect the dots. You're all smart people. Because if Israel strikes Iran, are you hearing me? Those that are ready in this nation, there could be a massive retaliation very soon. But there is such a press that's going on in the Middle East right now. And and it's something that everybody's not watching or thinking about because we're wearing the lenses of America. The side of your sunglasses has the flag on it. I know, the American flag. Right? I'm, I'm giving you a global, biblical, prophetic lens tonight that we have to be fully sober and awakened to as watchmen that are on the wall. You don't let anyone deceive you. There's going to be wars. There's going to be threats of wars. Do not panic. Yes, these things, they have to take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. And I've already said, folks, no one understands this more than a woman or a mother in this room. They become more frequent. They become shorter in distance and time. But Jesus said, let no one deceive you. Let no one deceive you.
I'm going to say this plainly. We have to be immersed in this right here. We have to be immersed in this. A lot of people are falling away even in this hour. They're falling away. You know them. I know them. You have to be immersed in this word. It will keep you. It will preserve you. It will protect you. It will guide you. It will confirm to you. This is the way. Walk in it. This is what to do. Even in the midst of a generation where people are so infatuated with the dream worlds and the supernatural worlds of what we say is in the church, you have to be rooted in this. Many will be misled. Many will be deceived. He said, take heed that you are not deceived. Eat the word. Stay in communion with the Holy Spirit. Stay in friendship with the Lord. Develop your inner life. Develop your secret place all the more. Develop your inner life. Why? We're racing into the most epic time on planet Earth. And if, if there's anything that's going to keep you on the straight and narrow, it's this right here. It's this. It's not somebody else's book. It's this. It's this. It's not prophet. No. It's not apostle. No. It's not pastor. No. It's this. It's this. And the Lord's keeping power will hold you in his grip. And you will be ready. See, while I'm washing you with the word, that's what I'm doing. I'm taking the word and I'm washing you with it. The Holy Spirit's ministry is preparing us right now to become a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish for the Lord Jesus. Because the bridegroom is coming. He's coming. There's things coming quickly down the pike. For us, for us. Go ahead, Mr. Keys. For us. God is preparing us for the greatest harvest, the greatest harvest on planet Earth. For us, we're moving into the greatest glory we've ever encountered in God. Will the way be hard? Will you be challenged? Yeah, you're already challenged, and it's getting more intense. It's getting more intense for me. I'm asking the Lord for the strategy and the way forward. And I'm reading what they're, what they're aiming to do to the churches. I, I've already read what they're doing in the state of Washington, demanding that churches hire the LGBTQ and so on and so forth and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. And I'm asking the Lord for the, for the way forward. How do we do it? How do we function? There may be a brand new wineskin for us to discover. I'm sure there is because God hasn't been taken by surprise. He wrote it all. These scriptures that I read to you, they were written by the Holy Spirit moving upon men to write. 
they were caught up in encounters and visions said these days are coming there will come a day where no man can buy or sell unless they have a mark I'm a young man I'll be 48 in a few months I remember growing up under Pastor Callahan I remember him breaking open the word I remember reading these scriptures as a boy. I remember being in Bible studies, thinking about the coming of Jesus. I was a boy. I, I turned into a teenager. I turned into a young man. I, I went off to Bible college. I found my life. I found my wife. I, 25 years later, we've, we've traveled everywhere. I've preached the gospel. God's been so good to me. It hasn't all been easy. He's been so good to me. But now... I look at these words and I go, and I look at the terrain of the world and I go, dear God, we are racing towards your coming. Don't lose sight. Don't lose sight of where we're at. Don't lose sight that the greatest harvest is right before us. Don't lose sight that Jesus is coming to receive his bride unto himself. Don't lose sight that he's coming to bring his kingdom to earth and establish his throne just as he said he would in Jerusalem where the kingdom of God will rule among men. It will literally be on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said, Jesus said, pray this, pray this that it would be on earth as it is in heaven. He's not going to put his throne in Chicago. And I love it. And he's not putting it in New York. And he's not putting it in London. And he's not putting it in New Zealand. Sorry, Josiah. He's putting it in Jerusalem. And all nations will flow up to worship him forever and ever. And guess what? Satan's going to be cast into a lake of fire burning forever. And guess what? And guess what? You and I are going to be very much alive 10,000 years from now. And I'll be like, there's Mary. Look at her. Mary's still singing. There's Sandra. Look at them. They're still singing. Radiant joy. There they are. There they are. We will be there. It's beyond our wildest imagination. And there will be no more tears. There will be no more death. There will be no more dying. He said, I will have wiped away every tear from your eye. A new Jerusalem will come down from heaven. The whole earth will change. There will be a new heaven. There will be a new earth. And we will be there. You going to have a shofar there, Philip? Yeah. We're going to be there. I'm trying to just set the word before you. And I hope that there's a prophetic canvas behind my body that you're seeing through. That you're getting the scope of the journey ahead of us. It's an epic journey. It's an epic story that the Lord has already written. And I remember when the Lord told me, and I close with this, I remember one day I was in prayer. And you may think this sounds funny, but I was really struggling with the love of God at this particular time. I'm like, God, I'm just, I feel so beat up. 
I just feel like I've got the crap beat out of me so much. I, do you love me? Do you love me? You, you, would, you may think, Brian, how could you even say that? And this is what the Lord said. He said, I have written an everlasting love story for you. It's not just in this life that you experience the love of God. God has written an everlasting, unending love story, romance story for you. It's awesome to think about, isn't it? Tonight, if you're here, I don't know everyone in this room. There's a lot of people here. If you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus and made him the Lord of your life, tonight's the night to do that. I'm telling you, tonight is the night to give your life to Jesus Christ and make him your Lord. Make him your king. He is your savior. He loves you. And I'm telling you what, folks, it's going to get radical in the world. You need Jesus. You need him now. You need him now. But if that's you, if you're in here and you're saying, Brian, I know I need to give my life to Jesus tonight. I need to make him my Lord. If that's you, I just want you to wave at me because I want to pray with you. I don't want to embarrass you in any way. But if that's you, I just, I need to know. I need to know if that's you. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Now I want you to stand up because you're feeling it in your lower regions. <laughs> I'm going to take the rest of these notes that I just... Hallelujah. I felt that, Michael. I felt good. Guys, the greatest glory is ahead of us. The greatest glory, the greatest outpouring but also the greatest opposition. Why? Because the greatest overcomers are on planet Earth right now. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Jesus said, I've sat down with my Father on His throne. He said to he who overcomes, I will make them to sit down with me upon my throne. Lord, tonight, I thank you so much for the power of your word. You've left nothing to chance. You know it all. You know where this is all going. And you've prepared us as a good father by preparing the word to give to us to let us know. Get prepared. Let no one deceive you. Do not be misled recognize the signs that will be happening all around you before my coming recognize the tremors recognize the birth pains recognize lord thank you lord tonight the spirit and the bride say come lord jesus the spirit and the bride say come lord jesus Lord, tonight we declare you are the shepherd of the nations and you will have your inheritance. And you are the shepherd of the United States of America and you will have this nation. You will have America, Lord. 
America shall be saved. America shall be saved. You shall have this nation, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Would you just lift your hands with me tonight? Lord, I pray with every brother and sister tonight over America that your spirit is moving and brooding and hovering over from coast to coast this great land and you are awakening the people of this land to you. Lord, you are reviving your church. You are reviving your sons and daughters and you are awakening the United States of America. She shall return to you, Lord. This prodigal nation shall return to you. And you will pour out your spirit upon all flesh, God. Lord, prepare all of us to enter into the harvest of the ages. The harvest of the ages. God, get me ready. Get us ready to engage God and participate with the Holy Spirit in power. If you would, I'd just like you to just pick a direction. Just turn to the north, south, the east, and the west. And I want you to begin to just call in the souls of children. Call in the souls of teenagers. Call in the souls of young adults. Call in the souls of families. Call in the souls of senior citizens. Call them in right now in Jesus' name. Call them into salvation. Call them into healing. Call them into breakthrough. Call them into deliverance. Call them into the kingdom right now. Call them into the net right now. Call them. Call them. Come. 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 Come to the north. Come to the south. Come to the east. Come to the west. Come. Come to the Lord. Come to the Lord. Spirit of God. Sweep through this region. Sweep through this city. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Sweep through this region. The harvest come forth. Let breakthrough come forth. And Lord, may the harvest be so, so massive that we've got to call others. Come and help us. Come and help us. The harvest is overwhelming. Our nets are stretching. They're almost bursting. Come and help us. Come and help us. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And there's so much joy that is going to come. There's so much celebration that is going to be released. Even in the midst of difficulty, we're going to have overwhelming joy. Seeing the power of God released on masses of people coming to the Lord. It's happening. It's happening. Come on, do you believe it? Do you believe it? It's happening. Do you believe it? It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. I'm decreeing over you tonight, as you wait upon the Lord, you are getting younger. As you wait upon the Lord, you are getting younger. 
you are getting stronger, you are getting wiser, you are getting sharper, you are getting more focused, you are getting more in tuned with the Spirit of God. You're getting younger. You're going to mount up with wings as eagles. You're going to run. You won't grow weary. You're going to walk and you're not going to faint. You're going to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. You're going to be able to stand in this day of evil. You're going to overcome every wicked scheme of the devil. You're an overcomer. You are called. You are chosen. You are anointed. The Spirit of the living God is upon you. You are anointed. I bless you tonight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless you. And as your hands are lifted, Holy Spirit, we receive fresh oil. As wise virgins, fill us. Fill us with fresh, fragrant oil from heaven. And keep us burning to the midnight hour. And the midnight cry of our King Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Can we just praise Him in here tonight? been a powerful night tonight we're gonna we're just gonna open the altars if you want to linger in prayer and be with the Lord linger in prayer and be with the Lord my wife and I were talking about the altars this week and when Pastor Callahan passed on Wednesday we were talking about what we remembered growing up in the church and I remember lingering as a boy and as a teenager until I went off to college. But I remember lingering and being with the Lord. Some of my favorite times. You know what the altars were for me growing up? It was the place of consecration. Saying, God, I'm fully yours. You can do whatever you want with my life. I'm fully yours. The altar was the place of consecration. I encourage you tonight. We're opening the altars. You desire to come and pray. Seek the Lord. We're going to keep it quiet in here. I don't want the worship too loud. But just come. Be with the Lord. And if you got to go, we bless you. We love you, Victory. Those of you that are new, it's been great having you too. Welcome to the family. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.